you would normally uh, watch us on Sport Rex, but we're not there. Um, however, we are here on Facebook, and if you have questions and you would like to ask a question to David, please feel free to put them in the comments section, and we will endeavour to uh, we'll endeavour to get those in. I'm just still waiting for him. He's 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 had a few technical difficulties today uh, with his power over in Canada, so that could be largely to it. But we're just waiting for him to come back and join us. In the meantime, uh, fantastic news this morning here in West Australia. Um, uh, the little girl that has been missing for 18 days has been found alive and well. And, yes, uh, I heard that. That's, that's fantastic news to uh, to hear uh, that she's been reunited with her parents um, and she's been found alive and well uh, in Carnarvon. Um, so that's that really is good news. So... Um, uh, you know, fantastic that uh, that has happened. So I just thought we'd, you know, shout out that that is that has occurred. So anyway, we're just gonna we're just sitting tight, just waiting on him, David. At the moment, I'm just double checking how he's going. Um, I'm assuming he's he's still got the link. Yep, he's got the link. I'm just going to sit him there. Quick message just to make sure it's we're not seeing the same. Because like all things with power, folks, power goes in, power goes out, power goes on, power goes off again. So it's not an unusual uh, an unusual thing to happen. So we just have to hang on a bit longer. Um, and just my life for the first time that... He's on the way. And just my luck. Oh, that's good. Because I was about to say, just my luck. But the first time I uh, I come on thinking coach, um, Dave doesn't, <laughs> something happens and whatnot. So, yeah, I was going to say, does that mean that I'm a bad omen? Oh, no. Well, he, he did he did message me early this morning to say that he's having some issues. Uh, he's on his way in now. He did message me early this morning to say he's having some issues. So, um, you know, he's coming... Right about now, we'll have him shortly. Uh, we've got the microphone, we've Here got the is. camera. Here he is. Good to see you, David. Thanks for joining yeah, us, mate. On, Welcome to the show. I've got Kieran with us today. Uh, he's joining us to co-host, so uh, he's here as well. So good to see you, David. How are you doing, mate? Good, good. Fantastic, Kieran. It's good to see you, my friend. Hey, Dave. Good to see you. And it's a long time no chat, What It's um, been... God, donkey's ages, donkey's ages. Wanted you back on the great sports debate for ages, and wanted to, wanted to catch up with you and whatnot. So I mean, I'm probably going to be the, I'm probably going to be the Mr. Freeze or the the just the observer from you know our conversation a couple of months ago with the Batman and Robin um, in sport there, Dave. So I'll just let you let you boys do it. No problem, no problem. It's good to be back. We had a little bit of a power cut earlier here with the storm that we had, so. It was kind of touch and go for a little bit there, but uh, power's back, internet's back. We are uh, we're up and running. <laughs> that is good news for the uh, moment. Just, for the moment, I was just letting our viewers know. Um, little uh, little Cleo Smith. I don't know if you're aware. Went missing here in WA some 18 days ago. Um, she's been found safe and well. Um, they found her. Uh, and reunited her with her parents. So that is fantastic news. And must 
you know, you can you can imagine uh, what her parents have been going through for the last 18 days. Um, so I was just letting our viewers know that um, they found her um, and she's 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 safe, she's well, and they, uh, which is great. So yes, you know, a really positive. Positive, positive news for everyone here in West Australia and Australia this morning to wake up to that, that news. Really great news. Um, anyway, getting into it, uh, we've got some great questions. I've, I've had a look at the questions. Today, but they've, they've, they've done it again. Um, some of these, these questions are, uh, are quite in-depth. Um, I'm going to start with one from uh, an unusual one. It's Paul from Cairo in Egypt. That's an unusual name coming out of there. But anyway... Wow, that's a wow. This one is from Paul in Cairo, in Egypt. Uh, he asks, "How important is the mental health of coaches, and who should coaches read out, reach out to for support in this area?" Fantastic question, Paul. Thank you for asking that one. Um, I think it's a great, uh, great starting point for the for the uh, the conversation today. I, I think that mental health for everyone, whether we are a coach or any other profession or whatever else that we do, I think our mental health is is the key to everything uh, that we are trying to 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 do as people. Right? It unlocks all of our um, you know abilities and uh, makes us um, you know helps us be at our best when we are in a uh, when we have good mental health when we have you know good mental wellness. So I think it's extremely important. I think that coaches should take it seriously. I think that we um, we need to make sure that we are investing the right amount of time, the right amount of energy into uh, caring for ourselves and caring for our own wellness. Um, you know, I think there are such a there's such a wide variety of of um, support services and uh, support professionals, whether that's uh, speaking with. Uh, a therapist or speaking with, um, you know, other qualified mental health professionals uh, to help us uh, sort of navigate what it is that we are experiencing. Um, or it could just be having time to be on your own and to sort of practice some self-care. I think mental health and mental wellness is something that really is such a broad topic. It's so wide. It could mean you know, a variety of different things. And we don't always need to um, sort of go all the way to the to the limit where we are working with mental health professionals. But certainly if we need to, if we feel the need to, I encourage all coaches, um, you know, to, to make contact with a mental health professional and um, to gain the insight, gain tips and gain strategies for helping yourself um, through what you might be experiencing. But even beyond that, you know, there are lots of ways for us to take care of ourselves. I think, you know, making sure that we have room in our schedules for rest um, and for, you know, taking part in other activities that, that are positively impacting us. Time in nature, time with your family, um, you know, whatever, the, whatever that looks like uh, for, uh, for you as an individual. You know, Paul, I, I just think it's extremely important. I think we need to prioritize that um, as coaches uh, and as people more broadly. And in terms of who to reach out to, um, you know, definitely um, avail yourself of the various support uh, professionals that are in your community. 
Um, and, um, you know, you can speak with, um, you know, your peers and colleagues uh, as well. And I, I think the, the Jerome, you know, I, I'll say that the one of the largest hurdles that we have to cross when it comes to this is breaking the stigma um, of, uh, you know, topics around mental health. You know, you, you can you can experience um, some things which really challenge your mental health and just the same way as, you know, you can sprain an ankle running down the sidewalk. Um, and, you know, these two things are are not dissimilar, man. So, you know, we, we, we should be open with our conversations. I think that older coaches or more experienced or more prominent coaches need to take the lead in these conversations and in, in, in helping younger, less experienced coaches understand that it's okay, um, that it's encouraged to, to talk about your mental health. Um, you know, we're not robots. Uh, we, we experience the world. We experience life just like everyone else. And, um, you know, just because we are in roles of, you know, prominence at times, uh, it, it doesn't take away the fact that we are, you know, human. And as humans, our mind and our, um, you know, our mental wellness, our mental health is just, is just critical to our care. So, you know, break the stigma out there. I know that a lot of organizations are spending a lot of time. Every year in Canada, we have Bell Let's Talk Day which raises millions of dollars uh, around mental health. Um, and it's really focusing in on athletes and, and, and athletics and sport uh, and coaches. You know, we do a lot every year to, to raise money that goes towards mental health um, uh, systems and, and supports. So, you know, I just encourage everyone to, to, to reach out and get the help that you need. You know, don't, don't be, um, you know, break the stigma for sure. Look, look, look for ways to break the stigma. And uh, definitely it's critical, critical to, to what it is that you do. It is important. It's very, it's a very important issue. Certainly. I agree with you there, David. Uh, we have our UOK uh, day here. And I remember that in Australia, which is a very important um, thing that we do. Uh, and it's very important. It, it is very important, isn't it? That we, Clubs and organisations out there involved with sport also understand the importance of making sure that um, that they have supports in place to support their coaches, and that for that matter, everyone, players, everyone around um, this issue of mental health. Um, I, I'm sure you'd agree. It's 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 now an issue that you know everyone must. You know, it's important that everyone's we you know. We do what needs to be done, and and clubs and organisations have a role in that, um, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Good clubs, good organisations are putting the health and and wellness of their people at the centre of all that they do. And you know, you, someone's got to care for the carers, um, and in this case that's us, that's the coaches, we are the carers. And, you know, our, our, um, our health and wellness um, needs to be taken into account as well. Um, and it's not just at the highest levels, it could be also at junior levels where, um, you know, there's just a lot of, a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure from parents, um, a lot of anxiety uh, around, you know, particularly, 
for people that are starting out that have a don't have a broader sort of perspective on what it is that they're doing you know they they might be at the start of their career as coaches they're trying to figure things out they want to succeed because they would like to see themselves progress um and they they, they care for their their kids you know their under 14 team or whatever the case might be um and you know they they are putting quite a bit of pressure and stress onto themselves as well and then the families and the uh the the parents and the demands and it's it it is a constant constant reality that you know at some point there are boundaries that we have to draw to protect ourselves um and uh, i encourage all the coaches that are listening and all the coaches that are listening you know also share this with the coaches who are not listening to this, but we each play a part in spreading this message that, you know, there, we need to break the stigma around mental health. Um, doesn't, you know, we are not weak if we are experiencing um, things that, you know, are affecting our mental wellness and our mental health. We are being smart and we are being responsible and we are being human uh, by uh, taking steps to address our mental health and to, you know, make sure that we have time for ourselves to care for ourselves. And it's, it's hard. I will be honest. It's hard. I've struggled with making the time um, to, to just, Hey, like, I, you know, I, I need a couple hours here and there for exercise or going for walks or, you know, meditation or reading, just reading things that are not directly related to what I'm trying to do. Um, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you know, I think, I think we should just, make sure that we are strong across the board on that message, man, break the stigma, take care of yourself, ask others, are you okay? Um, and, uh, you know, when you see someone who seems to be, um, you know, struggling with something, you know, put out a helping hand. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we don't need to have all the answers, but together we can help people uh, find the right spots to, to get the help that they need. You talk there in your, in your answer about meditation, and I've used meditation as well. And we're not talking about, you know, um, that type. You know, we're talking about, <laughs> you know, different types of meditation. How how valuable do you see that? How valuable do you see something like meditation in, in this whole in this whole area? You know, I think it could be extremely valuable. All <laughs> types of it. Um, you know, I I have many friends, colleagues, um, and other people who practice all sorts of different types of meditation. Um, they use prayer as well uh, as, a, as a key part of their wellness, um, for lack of a better term, wellness regime, you know, um, and uh, in whichever faith or to whichever God they might be uh, praying, they, uh, you know, prayer is an important part of, of their um of their approach to making sure that they're taking care of themselves and meditation itself, you know, I think is, is, uh, is also can be also very, very helpful. Uh, mindfulness, um, you know, is, uh, is something slightly different as well, which I think has lots of positive benefits as well, helping us to sort of ground ourselves a little bit and, uh, be, you know, be where our feet are, um, and practice these, uh, these, um, uh, 
um, you know, these, these mindfulness practices, you know, uh, over, you know, over the course of a day, uh, over the course of, of several days. So I, I, the visualization aspect of things as well, there, there are like, there's a whole range of different, I don't know, types uh, for lack of a better word, um, where, where we are basically like sort of carving out some space away from the physical world and, and, you know, bringing our, our, our attention to, um, you know, the inner, the inner world, um, whatever form that might take. So I, I you know, I think it's, it's kind of like, you know, um, uh, you know, whatever, whatever might work for one person, um, it doesn't have to work for me to be good. Right. Um, I don't, I certainly don't use the, uh, the, the judgment like, oh, well, that doesn't, that won't work for me. Hence that doesn't make any any sense for you to do that like that what's what works for me what works for you it's um it's all the same right as long as as we are uh as someone is benefiting uh from it then that's fantastic mm. just quickly dave sorry could you implement that into your coaching as well like um, as you said there um not everything is good for one player what um, might be good for one player might not be good for another can you sort of implement sort of that there with the mental well-being with in your style of coaching yes i i think you can i think that there are lots of different subtleties to it um if you're looking to practice some some group um you know mindfulness exercises etc um, i think we kind of we need to kind of accept that not everything is going to hit the mark because at the end of the day, if you're using, um, you know, some strategies that might be more effective for some than for others, at the end, you know, like what's going to happen is that some are going to benefit more than others. And I think you just accept that. Um, I think working with, you know, a sports psychologist or working with, um, you know, other uh, people that are trained in these techniques is important. Uh, I don't think that we should be um, attempting to figure our way out through these um, sort of topics without consulting resources, whether that's people or, or other sorts of training. Um, because it is, it is something that, you know, when we talk about the skills that our athletes will learn by playing for us, you know, we talk about the technical tactical skills, we talk about the social skills, we talk about the life skills. Well, there's also the mental skills that they are going to learn. And so the way that we coach that, the way that we introduce it, the way that we talk about it, our reactions to it, are we dismissive of it? Do we buy into it? If you're working with children, they're going to understand, they're going to read you like a book. Um, so it's important that we are, um, if we are looking to integrate this into the into the team structure that we do so with with all due respect and and um um you know all due diligence to make sure that we are doing the right thing um and uh, that we're putting it into a perspective where it's something available for everyone we understand it might not work for everybody in the same way um but that we are introducing them to these ideas because you know maybe the practice practices of mindfulness is going to follow them throughout their entire lives Right. And they might find some benefit from that 30 years hence. Um, so, you know, we we just want to be cautious about it. I don't think it's something that we could be flippant about um, because it is 
so important to our well-being. You know, uh, our mental health and our mental wellness is so important to us that anything related to that, I think we should just be tread with um, a lot of care. Okay, so we're, we're moving on here to another question. This is a bit of a different one. This is from Bob in Manchester. Uh, how do we encourage more young people to become coaches? Hey, Bob, there's the million-dollar question. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I think this is like a really interesting one. Um, I think that we, we should do a lot of work to make access to coaching more universal, uh, more, so make it more accessible, um, where, you know, people who coach don't need to have, um, you know, all of the background or the experience, you know, uh, for them to get started at something. I think that's something that's really important. Like you could start with almost no background and no experience if you have a, a learner's mindset and you're, um, you know, ready to, 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 to just sponge it up and, 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 and learn. So that's one thing, making it more accessible, creating more opportunities, creating more volunteer opportunities, creating more paid opportunities. And by paid opportunities, of course, we're not talking necessarily, you know, full-time paid uh, roles, but, you know, uh, honorarium-based roles or other types of, um, you know, support uh, to help people get there. I think that the, the experienced coaches need to be a little bit less intimidating um, and, you know, maybe not so much, you know, approaching it from, you know, I am, you know, to take a, a Star Wars idea, like I'm the master and you're the apprentice, you know, um, more so like we are, we are co-learners on this. We're traveling. I'm just a little bit further down the road, you know, um, than you are, um, and I think creating a more inclusive environment. I don't think that coaches need to look, and I mean, they don't need to look like the three of us, right? Like we're, we're three Caucasian males. So obviously, um, you know, there, there needs with to no be- hair. Sure, yeah. Um, there needs to be equity uh, and there needs to be more diversity in coaching. Um, you know, more women coaching, uh, men, more, uh, my, you know, vis visible minorities, um, you know, coaching uh, opportunities as well. So it, I think that it really is a, a wide range of strategies and policies that we have to put into place because here's what happens, in my opinion. What happens is that if there are no, um, like, formal opportunities that present themselves within the structure of you know, the national federation or the club or the, whatever the, you know, the academy system, if there are no like formal opportunities, one of two things is going to happen. People are going to go out and create their own opportunities. And so now they exist outside of the structure with probably no education, no support, no oversight, guidance, development, et cetera. Okay. And it really is who knows what's going to happen. Okay. Um, or they're just not going to do it at all. Mm. Um, so the challenge is to create 
more viable opportunities within the system, um, in my opinion, so that you have more people who are um, benefiting from getting mentoring, guidance, development, oversight, um, and, you know, making it less complicated. I'll be honest, like in Canada, we have a national coaching certification program and it's been modernized over the last X number of years. Okay. And like, I work in the sector. Um, and if you were to quiz me right now on the various stages, I can't really tell you whether or not how high I would score. Okay. Mm. Um, because it's not as simple as it really should be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, other countries do better jobs. So I know it's not universal. Like, you know, sometimes in Canada, we, we, we do complicate our, our, our lives a little bit unnecessarily. Um, but at the end of the day, somebody should be able to put their hand up and say, Hey, you know what? Like the, the kids in our neighborhood are playing and I'd like to learn how to coach, you know, and I could be like an 18 year old, 19 year old, older, you know, child, um, or young adult in the area and my little brother or my little sister and her friends. Okay. So what happens now they're playing, you know, U 11 soccer. Well, is it, is it as simple as like Googling that and then figure some, maybe some sports it is maybe other sports. It's not. So, you know, focusing on putting some systems in place so that coaches who are at the start of their coaching journey can get access to people, can get access to information, get access to courses, get access to, you know, like it shouldn't be a Benedictine rite of passage to become a coach. Okay. Um, so, you know, that's a, a big, big part of it, in my opinion, just making it simpler, making it more accessible, you know, creating opportunities and, and for more, uh, diversity and and inclusiveness, um, and uh, and just doing our best to make sure that it is an environment that is welcoming, positive, and um, that pushes people you know along their, their their early steps. Because if if the early steps are 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 rough, they'll never take the later steps. They'll never get there. They'll stop. They'll go do something else. Okay, and you know that is. That is a real problem. Whether or not they ever end up a senior coach, whether or not they ever end up a pro coach, whether or not they ever end up making any money at it or, or whatever the case may be, you know, those parents, those people that are trying to help out at the youth grassroots level, you know, those are the ones that really need the help to get off, you know, to get off uh, on a good, uh, get off on, on a good, good start. We've got uh, someone who's just popped up a, a, a comment on Facebook. Um, Lawanda, Lawando Godfrey from um, Zambia said, watching from Zambia, nice presentation. If you've got a question for David, feel free to feel free to pop on in and ask that question on Facebook for us. Uh, Great to hear from you. Hey, hey, Dave. Um, hey, Dave. Um, I got a question to ask. I mean, um, I started coaching back when I was twelve and whatnot. Do you think that? If, if someone is going to start coaching at a very young age, like around 12, 13, in, in their organization, do you think they should have someone like a sort of like a mentor, as you said there, that they coach, but they grow along with them to help them learn um, the ropes um, of coaching and, and dealing with parents? Or do you just sort of 
don't want to sound like this here, just chuck them in the deep end and let them learn a little bit themselves and then pop in every now and then and ask them and, and, and give them advice. Generally speaking, I think having uh, a structured mentoring relationship is, is important, no, whether you're 12 or whether you're 22 or whether you're 32. Um, I think that's important. Uh, you know, I think it's even more important if we're talking about people that are, you know, children of the age that you're describing. Um, because, I mean, I think it goes without saying that at, at that age, it's really difficult to kind of really know what you're doing. Um, mm. So, you know, you, you're going to mean super well. Um, but, you know, I think there needs to be some adult guidance uh, for sure. Um, and that's just, I think that's just duty of care um, on the part of the organization. But I think that in, in broad terms, having a mentor, having, um, you know, who may be more or less involved depending on, you know, the age or the situation um, at hand is very important. And it's hard because we are decentralized a lot of the time, right? Like we're, we're sort of all, everyone's doing different things at different times. And it's, it's not always the simplest thing to kind of connect, right? Um, so I definitely think it's important, uh, Kieran, I think that good organizations build that into their system, uh, build that, that into their structures so that as the programs are rolled out, people are receiving the right amount of support because if the coach is supported, the athletes are supported. Um, we've got a question from Suzanne in Joondalup in Australia. So she's local. Hello, Susan. Uh, how important is it to give your team a break from training throughout a season? Great question. I've been to Joondalup, Jerome, as you know. I, yes. you, know you and I have, have shared, some, shared some stories about Joondalup. Um, I think it's, you know what, this is a such a, such a cool topic because to me there's, there's going to be so many different answers that are going to be nuanced based on your team. I think like at a broad level, yes, very important to give, to give breaks. Like you need to understand, you know, where your team is at, where are their minds at, where are their bodies at, what do they need? Um, you know, you might be scheduled for practice, but if you're coming off, you know, a series of competitions, you know, in a row and, and travel and, you know, I don't know what level or sport you coach at, um, Suzanne, but, you know, I think there's a real, um, you know, uh, art to doing that. There's also a science to figuring out, you know, and if you are at an organization with uh, monitors, you know, GPS and monitors the, the workload and that, that, you know, you might be, you know, running questionnaires with your athletes. How do you feel? You know, all these sorts of different things that you can do. Um, you know, the, the data can also direct your information or your decision-making is guided by the information that you're receiving. But I think it's important. And I, I don't really have something specific to say, this is when you should give a break to your team. Um, but what I want to say is that we should definitely be looking for opportunities to give breaks to our team because, you know, we might, and I, and I can tell you this, very, very transparently, I have sat in an office, you know, two months before the season 
working through my season calendar, my season plan, all my different color codings of you name it. Okay. Um, this, that, and the next thing. And I've planned out all, you know, the days on which we are going to practice all 124 times during the season. Boom. Here's our practice schedule. Okay. Here, here's the game schedule. Here's this It's all fitting in. looks great. It's, it's, it's really difficult to anticipate how everyone's going to be feeling or traveling, you know, four months down the road. Okay. Six months down the road. Um, and so that adaptability is super important. Um, and, you know, being in tune with your team, being able to be coached by your athletes where, you know, your captain or, you know, your leadership team within the playing group can say, coach, we need a day or, you know, today really needs to be light. Okay. Cause a lot of guys have got some lingering issues, whatever the case may be. And I think that particularly the, the more competitive you get, um, you know, people are not like they're, they're participating in the sport either because they're professionals, they're being compensated for it, then go on down the line, but everywhere through it is because they like it. Mm. So this idea that we have to, we have to like force people to train because it's the right thing. You know what? They want to train. They because they want to perform. If they're playing in games, they want to win. Um, and being able to listen to them to say, "Hey, like we're tired, we're banged up. We need a really light, quick session." Hey, you know what? Go out there for thirty minutes, forty-five minutes, and boom, get out. Right? Like run around a little bit, work on some touch, talk to. Hey, you might send them home in ten minutes. It's mm. fine. It's fine. That is fine. You know. We coaches, we often complain that people who ask about people who ask us, like, what do you do when you're not practicing or coaching in a game? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, if that's the case and we say, well, we do all these other things and we're, you know, uh, that that's all true. Well, then we should not only think that preparation happens on the pitch. We should not only think that coaching happens when we are practicing with our team. Right that our team is getting ready only when we are with them. No, you know, on our, in whatever, on the court. So I think it is really important. I think knowing when to do it is a skill that all coaches need to focus on developing. Um, I wish I had like a formula uh, to, to give you that would say, okay, A, a plus B equals break, you know? Um, I don't, I don't have that formula for you. But I can guarantee you that if you put some intentional time to it, um, you're going to start noticing some, some things that you might not have noticed before. You might notice people slowing down a little bit, walking in a little bit slower, a little bit more lethargic, a little bit more uh, moody, right? A little bit more kind of um, um, reactive at things. Like when people, when there's like a vibe, you can feel it, right? Like that is the, the heartbeat of the team. As you check it, as you feel it, as you see it, you're going to be able to adapt your decisions. Um, and I just encourage everybody to make sure that you are putting the time in to try and figure out how to do that effectively for your group. Yeah. Uh, it, it is important, you know. I know, I know. I've I've had coaches that have heard of coaches that have done crazy things like take their team to the movies uh, simply to get get the, the night off the training session. People think that's yeah. a bit 
nutsy, but at the end of the day, that that's how you get the break, um, and and it can be it can be quite valuable. It's not crazy. Okay. Yeah. My coach one time took it to, to took us to a swimming pool. That was pretty much it. Took us to a, just a pool and just said rented it out and just said go go swimming. Unfortunately, at the time I did my knee, so I um I was in physio at the time. So yeah, that's why I couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's all great. Like you know, I've I've done. There are lots of different things you can do to break up the monotony of of training. Uh, give ourselves a little bit of a mental break, a little bit of a physical break. Okay, like if if especially if you train a lot uh, and play a lot, like there's all these repetitive stress injuries that can also come into effect. And so changing the way that you warm up, changing the way that you do things a little bit is, is all really important. Go to the movies, you know, go play paintball, uh, play, you know, go play soccer, you know, like play a different sport, right? Like just have um, play some table tennis, like do, do some things that are, you know, that are achieving some of your goals. So for example, like you're coming into, uh, you need some, some active recovery, for example, you know, you might need today's a day we're coming off a game. We need to be together. Okay. Together. Um, and we need to be connected and we need some active recovery. They don't need to run around shooting layups and go through, you know, going through your sets in order to be connected get some active recovery, okay? There's a million things you could do. So do something else um, that will connect them, that will get some active recovery and that will get them out the door. Um, and, and this is not lazy coaching, this is smart coaching. Um, so definitely 100% look for opportunities to switch it up, change it up, go do different things, give them a break, Give them just a day off, straight up. Maybe you don't even bring them in at all. And, and that's okay. Um, you know, because there's lots of different ways to achieve what it is that we're trying to achieve. And, and what we're trying to achieve is on a, at any given day, we want to be better going into tomorrow than we were coming into today. And that's not just in how we pass or shoot or handle the, handle the, the puck or, you know, whatever the case may be. It's also about where, where our bodies are at, where our heads are at, okay, where our culture is at, all of these different things. Um, so this is, the, this is such a cool topic because it really is like a, like a sandbox where you can create your own little, your own little design, okay? Yes. It really is one of those areas for coaches to, to kind of create some things and, and be, uh, be innovative in that way. We've got a couple more questions to wrap it up. Uh, different, Let's do it. different in different ways. Um, this is from Maggie in Paris, France. Um, Bonjour, Maggie. Bonjour. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, what would you say? They can speak very different language. No, so you're gonna have to teach me French. You're gonna have to teach me French. I don't. I'm not good at you're, French. You're you're not ready for French, Kieran. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to be giving you no French. Sorry, buddy. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> what would okay? So Maggie from Paris and France. What would you say to a new coach is recommended reading when starting out? Mm, that's such a cool question. Well done. Um, you know there are. First of all, I would say that there are some really key 
um, you know, books that are going to be, or, or resources that are going to be uh, central to your sport. So um, whatever the sport might be, uh, there's going to be something, there's going to be like a canon of, of real resources that are valuable, um, that are based on your sport. I think it's, it's, it's really important for coaches to, to read the classics, you know, uh, so to speak in basketball that can go all the way back to, you know, books by Dean Smith from the 1950s and sixties. And, you know, these are sort of like, like the, the classics, it's like reading Shakespeare, you know, like when you want to start learning about English literature, you go back and you read the, the greats. And I think that in sport and in coaching, we should do the same. Um, I think that there are a lot of great books out there about uh, building culture and uh, building, um, you know, connection uh, with your team and setting standards of excellence. I think, you know, a lot of these books, you know, one of my favorite books that I've reread recently is called It's Your Ship, um, which was written by a former naval captain in the United States Navy um, who has since left the service, but he took over, he, he, he took over command of literally the worst ship in the Navy. Now, the worst ship in the Navy is probably a better performing organization than most other organizations. But relative to its environment, it was the worst performing ship on, you know, you know, tests and, you know, you know, exercises and all of these different things that they measured. And he turned it into, you know, one of the best performing uh, ships in the Navy. And he outlines in that book, the steps that he took and sort of the process that he went through. And it's, it's a great, it's, it's an easy read. It's a great read about connecting with your people, building confidence and trust with them. And it's super applicable um, to, to leading teams because essentially the crew of that naval ship was a team. And it was a team with a lot of different people, personalities, backgrounds, and the role of the coach, the role of the captain of that ship was to connect everybody and get them moving in the same direction um, in a united way. And so, you know, that was a, that's a really interesting, really interesting book that I, I would encourage people to find. Leadership books, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I've spoken before about Legacy by James Kerr, about the All Blacks, really, really good, really good read as well about um, uh, about creating culture within your organization, standards within the organization, uh, and different ways that you can see these uh, standards coming into life, coming to life, right, in the way that people act um, and, and so forth. Um, you know, Coach K, Coach Krzyzewski at Duke University men's basketball in the United States, he wrote the gold standard. Again, these sort of, um, you know, uh, signposts of, of uh, standards which set a tone and uh, expectations within your organization. I, I think young coaches starting out, I think sort of taking all of this in is a good idea. And it's okay. You, you're not going to apply 98% of it. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but having read some of this stuff, you're going to eventually start to see how 
you know, somebody coaching the best performing sport organization in the world with the All Blacks and how they sort of addressed something looks a lot like what you're addressing with your under 15 team. Okay. And you might not see that right away, but eventually you will. And if you read it, if you read, you know, some of these books, honestly, go on to Amazon, search for coaching books and filter them. And at the end of the day, you're going to be able to see like some of these, what are other people reading? Um, find book lists out there, um, you know, coaches and other thought leaders or sports leaders or whatever that, you know, we at times will have book lists that are like put out on social media. Great resource. I have an entire um, like section uh, within my, even just on Twitter within the, the lists or, or whatnot, where I just save book recommendations, you know, and I've, I've got like a ton of them and I haven't read nearly as many as I would like, but I have them there for, you know, every six months or so. And I'm like, all right, time to, time to recycle the books because now, you know, I've done what I've finished, what I was reading and now I'm looking for something new, change up what you read as well. Don't only read about your sport. Don't only read about sport, you know, read about whatever else might interest you. Mm -hmm. Um, but I definitely think you should start by identifying what the key texts, key sort of resources are um, within, within your sport. Um, and then find some of these other books that are some of like what I've mentioned. And you know what would be cool, Jerome? Like, I'd be happy to, to, to share a book list recommendation, you know, like a recommendation. You should do something like that. I agree. Yeah. And we can, we can share that and we can all sort of contribute to it, you know, and and um, some of the things that I've read over the years, you've read, et cetera, et cetera. And honestly, I would love to hear from all the coaches out there. What are you reading? Mm. Right. Um, what are you reading? Because especially our audience is such a global audience. I have a sneaking suspicion that there's going to be some pretty cool diversity in the mm. resources that you're reading. Yeah. <laughs> You often find, and I see it all the time within my sport, within my area, North America, you know, Western Europe, et cetera, Australia, New Zealand, like um, I see a lot of the same things that get sort of mentioned over and over and over again. It's like the same conversations, right? A little bit of an echo chamber, um, a little bit. So everyone, every so often somebody recommends this book that, you know, like, you know, growth mindset or, you know, whatever. And I mean, oh, that's all good. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. But I would love to hear from coaches in other areas of the world. What are coaches reading in the Asian region? What are coaches reading in the African region? What are coaches reading, you know, in the Eurasian, um, in the Caucasus, in Russia, like, in India, like I want to know what you're reading so that I can read it because chances are it's probably not what I'm already reading. Um, and I would love to learn. So I'd love to hear from, from the viewers or whatnot about, about what it is that, that you're reading. I think we should all contribute to something like that. 
I think that's a good idea. It'd be great, great thing to do. Yeah. And we'll put that up. I'll do that because that's something I think is worthwhile. So, you know, for example, I've read uh, Sun, Tzu, Sun Tzu's The Art of War. Now, some people would say, well, what the heck would a coach want to read that for? Well, there's some pretty good lessons in there um, around certain aspects. Um, Same with War and Peace. That can be quite valuable. Um, I don't know about War and that's Peace. That's a good point. I don't know about War and Peace. I've read... I've read War and Peace. I'll say this to you now. I'll, I'll tell you this now. I'm going to read Sun Tzu and whatnot, but I've read War and Peace. It's a long book, but I, it's very insightful. But but just quickly, Dave, so so when you say there with books, if there is, say, like, say you're starting out coach and coaching and whatnot, would you would it be okay to actually buy, say, a book saying your sport uh, on tactics or, like, drills and all that? Would that is that there also fine to do as well? Um, as well? Yeah. Oh, I, th- uh, I think the answer is yes, but I'm going to say provided that, like, you have some oh, good understanding already about how to lead people. Mm. Um, and... Because otherwise it becomes about the X's and the O's that are on the page, you know, rather than the people that you are trying to, to reach. Um, and so, you know, I, for example, when I was starting out, like th- this is what, let me tell you a story. So I'm in, I'm in Canada growing up. I'm in, you know, the province of Quebec, which is uh, the French province. And I'm living in Quebec city you know, uh, with my family and I'm, you know, I don't know what I am now, 19, 20, um, you know, starting out, uh, coaching at that time, like Amazon, we weren't able to order books, you know, like this, uh, from all over the place. Um, you know, so here, what I do in order to even get the books that I need to get is like, this is not a word of a lie. I would get on, you know, on the road and I would drive to uh, Albany, New York. Um, You know, I would get all the way down there and I would go to a Barnes and Noble bookstore and I would buy basketball books because I could, you could not find basketball books in Canada or at least in in Quebec city or in Montreal. Okay. So here I go driving across the border down to Albany um, to go to Barnes and Noble, which was a bookstore, right? A big bookstore chain. And I'd look online, see that they had the books. All right. I would go me and a couple of buddies. We'd drive down and like, and I still have some of these books. Like, you know, books by Morgan Wooten, a, a prominent high school basketball coach from Maryland in the United States. Uh, you know, like all these different things. But I did that. Now, I did that. And I don't think necessarily that I applied it all without thinking, although I'm sure I tried to at times. Um the key is that we have to make we have to make sure that we are learning how to connect and lead people. Because if we do that, then, you know, the, the lines on the page or the lines on the, on the whiteboard, um, you know, are going to 
are going to make more sense to us. It's going to make more sense to them. It's going to work better because we're actually leading people. So yes, I think that's, that's great. We often start as coaches, super interested in like the, the nitty gritty of the tactics. That's cool. It's like a chess match. It's awesome. I enjoy that. I love that. Mm. One of the things I miss the most about, about high level competitive sport is the chess match. What am I going to do to counter you? And what are you going to do to counter me? And I, I've done it for such a long time that, you know, now I'm sort of like this season, I'm not leading a high performance, like an elite pro or, or university level team. Um, and so now I'm, I'm kind of with, I'm in withdrawal from that because I, I, I really like that. You know, I really like that and that's fine, but fundamentally we got to learn how to connect with people. So find books on culture, find books on, 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 you know, leadership, find books on team building, um, and, and, and go from there. I want to finish off with this question because this one I think is, is an interesting one. Um, uh, this is from Johan in Sweden. So this is, this is, this is an interesting question. Uh, he is a soccer coach. I'm a soccer coach and I'm considering switching sports to basketball. Johan, my is- man, well done. <laughs> <laughs> I got oh. you. <laughs> oh, man. Come on over, Johan. I'm going to hook you up, my man. I got you. No worries. Do you, okay. oh. um, so he's considering switching sports. Do you believe it's possible for a coach to switch sports? Yes. Yes. And not even yes, because he's switching to basketball. I would have said yes, even if it was somebody switching away from basketball, which which would never happen, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> um, but seriously, it is possible. Um, I think it, it depends of course, on like the level uh, that you've attained um, and the level to which you are going to switch. Many of the same principles are going to apply. I think our two sports, soccer and and basketball in particular right now, there are a lot of different carryovers, um, even even tactically. Uh, uh, So there are um, different uh, elements there that would make sort of the transition, not as complicated as might otherwise be from different sports, from another sport. Um, again, like I, I think what you have to realize is that whether you're coaching soccer or you're coaching basketball or you're coaching, you know, f- hockey, you're coaching people. And, you know, you can learn, you can learn the technical, tactical elements of the job. You can learn those. And if you transition from being a head coach to being an assistant coach, that would be the best way to do that. Um, and you can, or whatever the, the, the rung on the totem pole, so to speak, is going to be, you're going to have opportunities to learn the basics of the sport. Um, and, and frankly, there is, there are a lot of coaches, me included, who have hired people from different sports to coach with me on my staff. And that's why I'm so adamant about it being possible. Um, even at, you know, 
performance levels in, in universities or colleges um, because they bring such a different perspective to it. And as so long as they've got the right people skills, they've got the right mindset, so long as they've got the right just general being, right? Um, they can learn. They're going to get into the gym. They're going to watch. They're going to learn. They're going to participate. They're going to teach. You know, it's my job as the head coach to facilitate their success, to make sure that they are teaching things that they can understand, teaching things that they can convey appropriately, and to help them build their knowledge base. That's my job. And I've seen it work fantastically well where someone coming in, a couple, you know, a few someone's actually coming in from a different sport with a different background, with a different approach, who didn't come up in this sport culture, in this sports culture, um, contribute so much to the learning and to the development of, of our team for that very reason. Because they, they're not already... Um, sort of in sync with the group think, right? Um, and I've had, like, I've had a soccer coach look at our defensive alignments and talk to me in a language which was completely different than what basketball coaches had been able to, to generate because they looked at it with different eyes. And whether it's 11 v 11 or it's 5 v 5, there are some carryover things which made, and he, in particular, that, that time, he helped us improve our defensive scheme because we were also able to innovate in some ways that our opponents were not anticipating. And that gave us a competitive advantage. So I do, I do think it's possible. I do think that it's, um, you know, even encouraged, I would say. Um, to try your hand at, at other sports, understanding, you know, you might coach a senior soccer team. You're probably not going to come in as a head senior basketball coach. Um, but if he's contemplating, Johan, if you're contemplating making this change, I'm assuming it's because you're being drawn to the sport. You want to participate in it for whatever reason, and you're willing to do the work that is needed to learn the game to learn the elements that you don't already know. Um, and if you are, and you tick all these other boxes, then absolutely it's possible. Mm. Absolutely it's possible. In fact, I encourage, I encourage coaches to try different sports. Mm. I encourage it to, I encourage it hundred percent. Well, so, we encourage players to try different sports. Why not encourage coaches to do the same thing? Yeah. Particularly when they're exactly. young, encourage kids when they're young to try different sports and don't settle on one. And, and so why not encourage coaches to do the same thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It really does change the way that we are going to think about, because we get into the, a rut. It's the same thing. Like we see the same thing, you know, your eyes are going to have seen so much of your sport that at some point, you know, you're you're not even being challenged anymore because it's I've seen that sequence of events a million times right now I'm watching you know a rugby match or I'm or an AFL match or whatever the sport is and I'm like there's a different sequence I don't know that I don't know what that sequence means like what happens what happened right there okay and if I can learn from that it can help me get better it can keep me engaged. And 
when I can have other coaches that can bring some of those elements to my team, to my group, to my staff, it just changes because you know what happens within your coaching group, you're going to be having conversations about your players and I'll use basketball for obviously for, to make it an easier example for me, you could be in a meeting, you could be talking about pick and roll coverage and you know, you could be saying, Hey, like, you know, our, our ice coverage is really sloppy at this, that, or the next thing, et cetera. And we're, and everyone's yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like we all see the same thing. Okay. And it, it only takes one person who might come from it, come to it from a different perspective and say, you know what, this is what I see. And I see that we have an opportunity on the back end to put more pressure by doing this, which might not be what we sort of do, right? And if you remember our conversation about innovation, Jerome, like this is where the innovation can happen is by having different people express different ideas that are outside the box. So Johan, do it, make the jump. You can do it. Um, If you want any help, contact me. And if you want to talk about basketball, basketball coaching or anything else, contact me. And if you want to come to Canada, man, let me know because we, we are like, I believe in this so much, so much that, um, you know, I, I definitely want to encourage everybody and I to, to consider it. And I encourage coaches to be open to the idea of having people on their staff and for other people to put their hand up and to make the make the jump, just make the jump. Well, got Dave. room for me and Jerome um, over there in Canada. Rafi, um, Dave, you got room for me and Jerome. Well, Kieran, well, Jerome definitely. Jerome, Jerome can come on over. Kieran, uh, Kieran, I, I'm going to have to test your French. So we maybe we are going to have to maybe we are going to have uh, to talk you. about. Oh, my, uh, my French! I mean, like. I got you. You you know what, Kieran? You you are welcome anytime, and I'll tell you why. You you have an inquisitive mind. You ask good questions. You want to learn. And in all honesty, you know, all joking aside, you'd be welcome anytime. um, You know, to come on over and 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 spend some time. Absolutely. Oh, that's good, Dave. That's good, Dave. I'll probably take you up on that, man, Jerome. Well, I'm a busy (laughs) man at the moment, Kieran. So I think it's highly unlikely, but in the near future, but you never know. Uh, well, again, Dave, thank you. Thank you for being on to, to answer coaches' questions. We, we keep getting them. We're getting them all the time. Coaches are really keen to ask, ask some pretty insightful questions, as we're seeing. Um, thank you again, Dave, for being a part of this and look forward to assuming everything works out and we don't have power outages and stuff. Look forward to Q&A again next, uh, thinking coach Q&A again next week. With your good self. Absolutely, Jerome. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, another good conversation. Thanks to all the coaches who submitted questions. Keep them coming, uh, even if we haven't gotten to it yet. Um, I, I really enjoy these, uh, in particular because I don't know what's coming. So it's such a, it's such an interesting exercise, even for me. Um, so looking forward to the next one, and uh, just keep the questions coming. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Kieran, for for joining us, and we'll catch you all again next week. Thanks for having me on, guys.